Star Workforce Studio. I didn't have um, a disability until two years ago. So I was thinking, oh, maybe it's not a good fit for me. That's the first thing I thought. But once I got here, I realized that I can unlock. VR Workforce Studio, podcasting the sparks that ignite vocational rehabilitation through the inspiring stories of people with disabilities who have gone to work. As well as the professionals who have helped them. A job and a career. You, you got to look at how life changing this is. And the businesses who have filled their talent pipelines with workers that happen to have disabilities. To help expand registered apprenticeship. These are their stories. Because there's such a great story to tell about people with disabilities. Now, here is the host of the VR Workforce Studio, Rick Sizemore. Uh, Rick Sizemore, along with Betsy Civilette, inviting you to join us for episode 105 of the VR Workforce Studio podcast. And Rick, March 22nd, we celebrate National Rehabilitation Counselor Appreciation Day. And Betsy, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there are over 100,000 rehabilitation counselors that work in the field today, helping people with physical, mental, developmental, or emotional disabilities to live independently. Now, that's going on as our VR, or vocational rehabilitation counselors, which number in the thousands across America, focus on the employment of people with disabilities. Well, happy Appreciation Day to all of the hardworking rehabilitation counselors out there. And Rick, I'm excited. Later in the show, I will be talking with Lou Adams, president of the National Rehabilitation Association. But before we get to Lou, in the big inspiration showcase, you have a guest who can help us to truly understand what rehab counselors do. Inspiration. 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 Big. Alvin Jones is our guest in today's Big Inspiration Showcase. Alvin was employed in workforce development when a medical event changed his life. He's now reshaping his career pathway and working toward industry-recognized credentials in the business training program at Wilson Workforce, a rehabilitation center. Welcome to the podcast, Alvin. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Uh, How did you wind up at Wilson Workforce? Tell us the story. Well, um, it happened in January of 2020. Um, I was at work one day, um, and I was on a phone call, and I started to feel kind of dizzy. And um, I couldn't answer the latest questions. And then all of a sudden, my right side just went numb. I couldn't move. Horrifying. Yeah. And then to kind of find out, I had a stroke. Uh Uh, So um, it affected my whole right side. Yeah, but to see you now, uh, you appear to have made like a full recovery. Yeah, um, I was in inpatient um, therapy for six week six weeks. Um, then I re- was released. I did outpatient therapy, so it, it helped a lot. Um, while I was in therapy, I worked real hard on just learning to walk again and my whole movements and learning to retalk because um, it was hard at first because you have to my mouth it wouldn't. Um, Place right with words, so I had really had to think about placing my mouth with the words that I said. So, well, you sound great <laughs> now. That's a, that's wonderful. So, uh, why business training? Uh, you're reshaping your career. What do you expect to get out of uh, Wilson Workforce in this business training program? Well, 
in college, I, I majored, I, I minored in business. Um, and also with the jobs that I had, um, I was always giving speeches. I was always um, working on the computer with clients. So I figured this business class will help me um, to better my speech for once. Because in class, we do skits. We have to give presentations. We have to do uh, phone calls. So that will help me with my speech um, when I decide to get a job. Um I just think that everything that the business class offers, it will help me strengthen the things that are weak right now, yeah. whether I go into business or I go into still helping people in the workforce. Right. Well, tell us about some of those things. You say the things we're doing in class, what you're working toward. What are, what are some of the, the credentials you hope to achieve or some of the skills that you want to leave that class with? Uh, right now, I'm working on credentialing for Microsoft Office. Oh, cool. Um, I have the one in Word. I'm working on one for Excel. And access and outlook, um, and still my my hand has mobility issues. Uh-huh. My fine motor skills are, are lacking. So the typing within programs it it helps me it helps improve. Also, I think those um, credentialing will help me get a job because I can add them to my resume. Um, and also, um, like I said, the, the speech portion of it really helps me with doing the the interactive one on one. Skits. That is great. And this classroom, it's, it's brand new. Some of the smart boards and some of the technology you're using uh, is really exciting. Can you tell us about some of that? Yeah. Um, the smart board, um, that's new to me because um, when I was in school, I didn't I didn't use it. <laughs> but I had some ex- experience because out of um, college, I worked at elementary school for four years. Uh-huh. So I got some experience using it. But I think that'll help me in the workforce because um, – I guess businesses now they they use technology. Those are things that I didn't use before. So I'm learning. I'm learning a lot every day. So you're evolving. Yeah. In yeah. your business skills through Voc Rehab. Yep. Well, it's National Rehabilitation Counselor Appreciation Day, uh, March 22nd. We talk about rehabilitation counselors. Unless you've been in Voc Rehab, you may not even know about rehab counselors or or what they do. We'd like to hear from you. As a person who's on the front lines of Voc Rehab, what it was like working with your Voc Rehab counselor, Andrea Justice. What does she help you do? Tell us what she does. Yeah, um, it's funny because I have um, some history with her because in my old jobs, um, I had to partner with her and we had the same clients. So while I was in the hospital, um, she came to visit me. I did all the paperwork there. She made it um, seamless process, so I didn't have to worry about anything. So um, she helped me get into Wilson. And once I leave, um, I'll be working with her with helping get a job. So she works around all the process. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the specific things that she's gotten you plugged into or ways that she's helped you? Each time I finish a portion of the program, we have a team meeting with um with my teachers, my counselor here, and her. Um, so she can suggest different things for me to do here that may improve my skills for the workforce. No, So she's guiding this process from uh, her office yep. in Lynchburg, yep. but staying in touch with the staff here uh, about your progress toward goals. Yeah, yeah. How did you set those goals with her? I mean, how did you get to a point you knew this was the right path? Because um, – um, because I'm familiar with Wilson a little bit, so I know some of the things that they offer, and I know they, that they can help me improve. Like, if I stayed at home, um, 
I could do some things on my own, but here I know is interactive, um, face to face. I actually get to do it. So not only am I learning, I actually get to put those skills that I learned in a place in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Is there a point in this whole process of getting better where you said to Andrea, I, I'm not sure I can do this? Um, <clears throat> I guess at, at, at the beginning, um, I thought, well, Maybe this is not for me. Maybe this is for people that never worked before or had a disability all their life. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I didn't have um, a disability until two years ago. So I was thinking, oh, maybe it's not a good fit for me. That's the first thing I thought. But once I got here, I realized that I can learn a lot. This class, they meet you no matter where you're at. So some people never had a job before, and some people like me was in the workforce. And then they had this unfortunate situation that caused them to have to learn everything again to try to get back into the workforce. Mm-hmm. It's unique that you and Andrea knew each other before your stroke and that you'd worked in some of the same settings. What would you say about the way she integrates into the community to understand workforce and the network and people with disabilities and creating that pathway that, that you seek back into the workforce? What would you say about her understanding the community in the in the workforce? Um, she um, understands because her um, the main DARS office is in Lynchburg, but she um, she deals with clients in Bedford County. Mm-hmm. So her office is in Bedford County. So she's working with a community. Um, she's uh, contacting employers to try to connect um, the, her clients with the employers. So just steady building a constant relationship with different businesses in that area. So when clients such as myself um, finish and we're ready to get a job, she can have contacts to connect us to. Mm-hmm. If you were thinking about a year from now when you finished Voc Rehab and, and you're back out there on the job, what do you see for yourself? Um, I just see just getting back in the workforce and being able to I guess use skills that I've learned because, um, like you said, I come a long way. So just being proud of myself, being able to to work again, because it's something about working and and making your own income just just fulfills you as a person. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the biggest influence that Andrea? We're celebrating rehab counselors. What would you say the biggest influence she's had on you would be? Um, I would just say <clears throat> just. Um, just believing in me. Like I said, she met me in the hospital and she was going to hold about getting me better and helping me get a job. So just, just the love that they have for the clients that want to see them succeed. Yeah. Well, that, that is excellent. Uh, what else would you say about Wilson workforce uh, and its ability to help someone who's had a stroke or has some other disability to find their way into a, into a real career? Um, that, like I said, the teachers here are great because, like I said, I, I hold classroom. You got people on different levels, people with different disabilities. And they're able to take the same lesson and break it down for everyone's learning capabilities and help us all learn the same thing, but in a way that we learn best. Yeah. Many of the people who listen to this podcast have not started Voc Rehab yet, or they may be a family member who's, who's listening to try to understand what all this is about. What would you say to someone? Uh, who's not been involved in voc rehab yet, what would you say to them about the potential of voc rehab to change someone's life after disability and put them back to work? This program is great because it, it helps you see the things that you're strong in. And um, 
helps you grow in those strengths, but also lets you know what some of your weaknesses are to help you work on that too. Because being in that class, the first um, six weeks or so is is an assessment. So they may help you do that assessment. They'll help you figure out if if this a career pathway is a good choice or perhaps is a better career path for you. So some a career path that you may not have thought about, they'll help you figure that out. Yeah. Alvin Jones is in the Wilson Workforce Rehabilitation Center Business Training School, planning his career back into the central Virginia area in business. It's been a pleasure to have you on our podcast today, Alvin. All right. Thank you. Glad to be here. Meet Heather Service, the new director of RSA's National Clearinghouse for Rehabilitation Training Materials. Going back to work can feel intimidating. I'm getting to work with many, 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 many people and share these amazing resources with folks who are out there doing this important work. And Sean lands his dream job of teaching information technology. I've always wanted to teach, so it's definitely a big dream. (laughs) I hear an accomplishment in the background. Yeah, that's my son. Hear the complete story at vrworkforcestudio.com or on your favorite app. You've heard George Dennehy on this podcast before, the armless guitarist. He's releasing a new song and music video called Work Makes the World Go Round. Work makes the world go round. Premiered during CSABR's upcoming spring conference and on this podcast next month. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Lou Adams, who is the new president of the National Rehabilitation Association. Lou, you have a very diverse background in VR with 30 years of experience, including serving as bureau director and deputy director for Michigan's Rehab Services Agency, uh, national training director for the Consortia of Administrators for Native American Rehabilitation, training and technical assistance manager for the National Disability Institute, and a social sector consultant working with independent living, higher education, and South Korea. I want to hear more about that. But first, uh, I'd like to welcome you, Lou, to the VR Workforce Studio podcast. Thank you, Betsy. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. You have recently taken over the role of president of the National Rehabilitation Association, which I understand will be turning 100 in 2023. Um, So how long have you been involved in the association and what roles have you held? Well, I've been a member of the association, um, I don't know how many years, probably too many to remember. Um, I haven't been involved in the national um, association very much, but I was involved and was on the board of the Michigan Rehabilitation Association. Um, the last year I spent as president-elect, which was a learning period for me under then-president Dr. Rebecca Sementz. And uh, that, that was a great uh, a great uh, learning opportunity <laughs> to, uh, to get right into it and to begin to understand all the nuances of the National Rehabilitation Association. Well, great. Uh, well, tell us a little bit more about uh, the NRA's mission, its organizational structure and functions. Sure. Um, the National Rehab Association is the oldest professional member organization in the United States that advocates for the rights of individuals with disabilities. We actually go back to the founding of um, the Public Vocational Rehabilitation Act, um, known as the smith Fest Act, also known as the Civilian Vocational Rehabilitation Act, going back to 1920. And so um, we've been around for a long time, um, having influence early on, even before we were an association, some of our early members had influence on the act. And as you mentioned, we're going to be celebrating our 100th anniversary. So 
National Rehab Association is different from some of the other membership associations that are out there in that we don't um, specialize in one particular occupation, I guess I'd say. We are a diverse group of counselors, administrators, job developers, vocational evaluators, educators, researchers, and a diverse group of others that are working with community integration and employment for people with disabilities. Um, in terms of our structure, uh, we have the, the National Rehabilitation Association Board. We have an executive committee as well. We have a number of different committees, but uh, basically the structure is made up between divisions, regions, and chapters. And our divisions are kind of the specialty areas, the communities of interest. We have, for example, the Rehab Counselor and Education Association, which is the largest division within NRA. We have NAMRAC, uh, the National Association of Multicultural Rehab Concerns, which addresses issues related to diversity and both in terms of, well, all, all aspects of all the intersectionality of diversity, including, of course, disability. Um, the Job Placement Division, that uh, works on those specialists that are helping people with disabilities getting employment. Um, just goes on and on, 12 of them. I could go through the list, but you can probably see those on our website, but you know, something for everybody. If you're a private rehab provider, if you're a rehab technician or specialist, if you're a leader within rehab, if you're a vocational evaluator or, or a um, vocational rehabilitation program evaluator, uh, there's a place for you at NRA and, of course, our transition division working with youth. So um, those are our divisions. And within um, the country, we have seven regions. So we have the divisions that are kind of specialty areas. We have the regions of the country. And then within each of the seven regions, there are state chapters that um, perform um, similar kind of work and follow the mission of National Rehabilitation Association in their um, state and local areas. Well, what is in store in 2022 for NRA members under your leadership? Um, how are you going to provide value to your membership? Well, that's a great question. And the board's working hard on that. We've had a number of things. We have a strategic plan that we've been working on and maybe in some ways more of an operational plan because it's kind of cleaning some, th some things up, getting ready to move into our hundredth year. So for example, um, we're doing a lot of work behind the scenes on our website to get it um, so that it's more up to date and pleasing and able to help us uh, meet the needs of our members. We're um, having some restructuring of uh, some of our fiscal operations. We used to have a national office. We're more virtual now with people from across the country that are working with us and serving on the board and providing supports to um, National Rehabilitation Association. But really, there's two reasons people join a membership organization. They join for the professional development networking part, and they also join for um, having an impact, having an impact on the field. And those are the things that we're emphasizing. How can we create more value by meeting those two important needs for people? So we're looking at additional training options for our staff, um, or, I'm sorry, for our members. And we're looking at new engagement methods for them, both in terms of public policy with our public policy committee, our social media um, committee, and also in terms of uh, mentoring and leadership and those kinds of things so that people who join National Rehabilitation Association are not just members, but they're advocates and they're people that are making a difference. And that'll be what that's the kinds of things that we're focusing on in this next um, next year. Great. 
The other area, area, I'm sorry, the other area is in in, um, collaboration. There's a ton, a diverse group of people out there that are, have mutual interest. And we believe that collaborating together, we can have a mutual benefit. We can all help um, parts of our own, of our missions. There may be areas where we're not quite aligned, but in those areas where we're aligned, uh, we want to make sure that we're doing that um, together and having a, a larger impact by joining our forces, getting our members um, out there, making contacts with legislators and advocating in, in um, states for people with disabilities, being involved. And, uh, you know, we can get a lot more done if we work together. That's part of the, the focus for us. Well, absolutely. That was actually my next question that what are some of the other disability focused organizations and associations that you partner with? Uh, we do a, a lot of partnering with um, CSAVR, the Council of State Administrators of Vocational Rehabilitation, KNR, the American Native, and, and some of the other um, organizations that have kind of dual missions of working with people with disabilities and LGBT groups and, and those kinds of things with our NAMRAC um, group. We're working with the VR Rehabilitation Counselor Coalition, which is a group of um, different organizations that work with people, um, work support vocational rehabilitation. We're working with CRCC, or the, credential, the credentialing um, organization, the Rehab Leadership Forum, um, a group of leaders in vocational rehabilitation that are looking at the future and the kind of changes we need to have. And we will partner with anyone that um, wants to partner with us to make things better for people with disabilities. Well, that's wonderful to hear. Um, well, lastly, as a seasoned VR professional, what are your thoughts on the future of VR in general? You know, I was um, thinking about this in anticipation of the podcast. And I remember my first day on the job, um, fresh out of graduate school, and uh, a person that has remained a friend to this day some 35, 40 years later, um, a person I didn't know at the time saying, coming up to me and saying, which kind of person are you, Lou? And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, if people come into this job for one of two reasons, to serve people or to serve the system, which are you going to do? Are you going to serve people? Or are you going to serve the system? I said, well, I'm going to serve people first, but I'm going to serve the system as well, because that's where our funding comes from. And that's what the kinds of things we need to do. Um, and I think we're at a crossroads with that. I talk to rehab counselors and I talk to administrators across the country. I talk with um, federal policymakers and um, with the Rehab Services Administration. And there's a real sense now that um, vocational rehabilitation, private um, and public, are being bogged down by all of the demands for data and all of the demands for uh, documentation that's required, which is needed, but it's gotten to the point where the the um, scales need to be tipped back a little bit towards serving individuals, actual people that are struggling and want to do better and want to have jobs and want to have access to their community. We need to focus more on that and find a way of of changing policy so that we're only um, kind of reporting and recording what we need 
um, or helping states and organizations leadership so that they can figure out new ways of staffing so that the people that do the evaluation, the people that do the placement, and the people that do the vocational rehabilitation counseling are able to do what their expertise is and what their training is rather than doing some of the documentation and the recording of things that happened. I mean, quality management learned a long time ago that you can't um, improve performance through compliance, through checking on things, going back and checking on things. You have to do it right the first time. You have to do it in a professional way the first time. And we need to let our professionals be professional. So that's one of the things me, uh, myself and others are looking at in terms of how we can, if not influence um, policy or regulations in the law, then help um, to with administrators and leaders to find innovative ways of making that happen. So that's one of the things I see in the future. Um, uh, one of the things, one of the challenges that we have, we have dwindling funding as well. Um, we have competition getting and retaining talented staff. Um, but, you know, we are, we are problem solvers at the base of it. Um, rehabilitation counselors and evaluators, anybody who works with disabilities and people with disabilities themselves are problem solvers. They find a way to get through it. They find a way of building, building coalitions. And that's what we're about at the National Rehabilitation Association. Right. Well, you have a lot of work ahead of you, it sounds like, but it's wonderful, you know, um, impactful work. So thank you for sharing your insights with us today. Um, and how can people find you? I'm sure you're looking for volunteers, certainly, for the association. Absolutely. Um, well, they can contact me at president at nationalrehab.org. And they can go to our website, nationalrehab.org. And that's a good place to get started. We have membership applications on there. We have a number of different kinds of membership. We have membership for students, retirees, and um, the whole gamut. You can take a look at the divisions we have and see which ones might be of interest um, to you. And if you're a leader and another, you belong to another association, you can create linkages with us and we can find ways of working together. Great. We'll have that information in the show notes as well. So thank you, Lou Adams, for joining us. He's president of the National Rehabilitation Association. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's time for our National Clearinghouse with the always entertaining and informative Heather Service. Welcome to the podcast, Heather. Rick, thanks for having me. It's great to be back. Well, we're all celebrating here in the VR Workforce Studio as it is National Rehabilitation Counselor Appreciation Day. Today we celebrate rehabilitation counselors and all of the amazing work you do in the field, changing lives and making a difference for people with disabilities every single day. We see you. We thank you, and we appreciate you. Very well said, Heather. You've got some great resources for us today. What's up? I sure do. If you have never worked with a VR counselor before or you're not quite sure all of the amazing things a VR counselor could do to help you, there was a great video that was produced by the SPAN Parent Advocacy Network that shows families, young adults with disabilities, and professionals how to really understand and utilize the VR program and how a VR counselor can really impact the lives of people with disabilities through employment. So I highly recommend you tune into that video if you're considering working with VR or with a VR rehabilitation counselor. Um, I also have another video because we, we heard in the podcast a little bit more about assistive technology. And so Open Doors for Multicultural Families created a wonderful two video series on assistive technology. The first covers different types of assistive technologies and the second part really focuses on alternative and augmentative communication, accessible apps, and adapted computer inputs. 
So I highly recommend these two videos if you're just getting into the assistive technology world and want to learn a little bit more about options for you or a loved one. Then the last resource that I have is, um, since it's Traumatic Brain Injury Awareness Month in March, Traumatic Brain Injury, there's an information brief that was created by VR Tech for Quality Employment or VR Tech QE that was recently released that shows their studies of 25 to 87% of inmates have experienced a head injury or TBI while they were incarcerated. So if you're a VR counselor who works with people who have been involved in the criminal justice system, this information brief will give you a lot of information and resources to help you learn to screen for TBI and to learn how to work with these individuals when they're on your caseload. Yeah. Heather Service leads our National Clearinghouse of Rehabilitation Training Materials. Joins us each month with a report. Thank you, Heather. My pleasure, Rick. Here's Lynn Harris, Director of the Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center Foundation. The Foundation is pleased to bring you these exciting stories of how vocational rehabilitation is changing people's lives. We thank all of our partners in podcasting who made this episode possible. Aladdin Foods Management, fueling students, community, and culture. The Council of State Administrators of Vocational Rehabilitation, bringing talent to America's workforce for 100 years. CVS Health, revolutionizing the consumer health experience. And the Hershey Company, named to CNBC's list of America's most just companies. You can find out more about becoming a sponsor at www.rcf.org or find our contact information in the show notes at vrworkforcestudio.com. You can always find another exciting episode as we podcast the sparks that ignite vocational rehabilitation here at the VR Workforce Studio. Until next time, I'm Rick Sizemore. The VR Workforce Studio podcast is owned and operated by the Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center Foundation. The foundation publishes and distributes the VR Workforce Studio and manages all sponsor arrangements. Audio content for the podcast is provided to the Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center Foundation by the Virginia Department for Aging and Rehabilitative Services in exchange for promotional considerations.